The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Media Match, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Let's ride! ride. Media Match on Tuesday. Nui Scruggs rolling with John Mishota of The Athletic. Our friend, Mr. Exclusive Exclusive. That's what they call me. They always have. Oh, 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 we we got somebody like... Put out the fines. Look Put out the that. fines, okay? Bobby, we've got we got a late one. We got some. We got a late one. We got some Des, des tardy here. No, well, actually, there's an excuse. <laughs> I, I saw a big boss man, the big dog, big Q dog, had a meeting upstairs. Saw a bunch of people in hey, there. The was on Derek Eagleton. So I I was like, uh oh. Now we're solid. We're solid. You good? You still, you still got your job? So, okay, okay. I'm here. Okay, okay, okay. I, didn't, I haven't gotten escorted out yet. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Walker, DallasCowboys.com, joining us right now here on the Media Match. Yes, science. All right, gentlemen, it's, it's real simple. I'm just going to go, go around the room. Jerry. You want to talk about James Washington? <laughs> Who? James Washington. Dennis Practice Houston. window come close to open up. You're talking about Dennis Houston? You want to talk about Dennis Houston? <laughs> <laughs> I do, as a matter of fact, Bobby. Do did. the fans want you to talk about Dennis Houston? Yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, exactly. Do the fans want you to talk about James Washington? Or do the fans want you to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. You know and the, the fact what Jerry Jones had to say on your radio station, uh, yeah. 105.3 The Fan? Great yeah, line. I mean, Great tec- question, technically that you are going to have to talk about Dennis Houston because isn't he wearing three now? So you're no, gonna have to get that up. Anthony that Brown. we're doing, or no, Anthony Brown. Yeah, the, but the offensive Brown. side, he's he's got it on the practice squad right now. So, but jumping the gun uh, just a smidge there. No, you know, I don't know. No, I I I'm I can jump the gun a little bit. But no, this is uh, yeah. The Jerry sounds genuinely interested in the idea. I don't think he'd entertain three questions about it and talk as long as he did. I even. When when I asked him the first question, I f- I felt terrible listening back to it. I was like, oh no, I gave him an out because I had said. I asked him about Odell, and then I kind of couched it, and I said, and the rest of your receiving core. And I was like, crap, he's going to answer about the receiving core and blow off the Odell question. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. He went receiving core, and he made sure to come back to Odell. And he took two more questions on it. And so there's genuine interest there. Now, you know, at, at what point does their interest wane a little bit based on price or anything else? I don't know. That remains to be seen. But they definitely are interested in him. First of all, fantastic line of questioning. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you, you nailed it. Um and you didn't waste any time really getting to the meat of what everybody wanted to hear about, which was the Odell interest. And, I mean, the interest is obvious, and it was obvious even before Jerry came out and, and doubled and tripled down on it today in speaking with uh, with 105.3 of him, the fan. Um, but it's interesting, the what I call the yo-yo comment, right? And you, you've, done, you've seen this dance before where it's like, oh, well, we're you know very pleased with our guys, and we believe CeeDee Lamb is – has everything that we could want in a wide receiver one, and Michael Gallup is is approaching getting back to Michael Gallup status. And then you got the, TO, uh, the trio of tight ends who contribute as well. And then you have James Washington coming back here. Pause. Other side of the mouth. It's so much appreciation for Odell Beckham in the the you know helmet with the star on his head would look really good. And pause. Come back to the other side. And so it was a lot of that. And at the end of the day, the Cowboys would, I believe, love to have Odell on the roster, but they're not going to be the only team that feels that way. The team that they're about to go and play on Sunday really needs a wide receiver. 
And they're probably going to be willing to throw a bigger bag at Odell than the Cowboys probably would because the Cowboys are not in dire straits at wide receiver, but a team like Green Bay is. Now, free agency is a two-way street. Odell has to choose his team. And I think it would take much more money for a 30-year-old coming off of a second tour in ACL to choose the frosty confines of Lambeau Field versus Arlington in a dome. Last year, he had that same option. Yeah, he went to L.A. And then <laughs> in his text to Michael Parsons today, what did he mention? Winning. Yeah. What's not going on in Green Bay right about now? Yeah. Not going on in L.A. or Green Bay. He mentioned, he mentioned his family, too. He's like, hey, you know, he's like, you, you got so, inside I mean, but, and, and really, when's the last time we saw Brian Gutekinds come out here and try to show anybody a bag at wide receiver? Fair. Been a minute. He just don't want to. Like, no. I just, it makes me wonder because you know Aaron is, is throwing fits up there, and uh, if I'm if I'm Lafleur, I'm throwing fits as well because like, Lafleur is now on the hot seat. So I'm like, come on, man! Like, they don't. You kind of help put us in this situation. Like, care. give me a guy. I mean, li- li- literally, I don't think they care in Green Bay what coaches or players say. I, I just don't. That's that's how they operate. And while the GM gets a lot of grief, the man up top. Uh, was it Mark Murphy, former former yeah, Washington mm-hmm. DB? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the one in charge. Yeah, he's you know he throw he's like he go throw Patrick Walker out there to go take the heat, but you know he's up there running this thing. He doesn't yeah. care. They don't care. Yeah, I would say so. Watching the snippet of his complex uh, magazine interview, when he talked about wanting to be somewhere that for the next two or three years, for me that took out Green Bay and Buffalo. <laughs> no offense. I mean, I feel like I can talk about this because I'm from Detroit. Like it sucks being up in, in the cold like that. And if you can, and you have a lot of options, I, I don't know why that would still be in there. Uh, the winning part, obviously, I get all of that. But when I heard him say that, to me, it, it and then the winning part, it came down to Cowboys and um, and Chiefs, um, just because it, in both those situations, uh, you're you're in a winning situation, obviously playing with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, I can understand why you would rather do that. But the Cowboys, it's also the star on your helmet, and there's no question that he would enjoy that. That's something uh, that I think will even lead to him maybe taking a little bit less from the Cowboys. My concern from the Cowboys' perspective, or for Cowboys fans, is is this Cowboys organization has not been one to outbid anybody recently. You know, mm-hmm. They did not outbidden for there Randy Gregory. Uh, they're not outbidding. They didn't even outbid for Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper took less to go to the Cowboys over what off, uh, Washington was offering him. Mm-hmm. So uh, this isn't a team that necessarily is going to give you the highest dollar amount, Deion Sanders-style deal. It's been a long time since that happened. So, um, But the other positive is that when this team has made their biggest investments outside the building, it has been wide receivers, whether yep. you're talking Galloway, uh, Roy Williams, uh, Amari Cooper, it, wide receiver has been the position. And the way everybody's been talking about it, whether you talk about Jerry on the radio today, Mike McCarthy yesterday, there's been nobody completely shutting the door on it like they would if it was somebody that they weren't really interested in. So there's no question that there's interest there, uh, but it'll be about, you know, which which one of these teams are they going to have to bid against the most, you know? And and I heard him mention the Giants, too. I don't understand why the Giants. I don't understand why he'd want to go back to the Giants. Yeah, I don't, uh, that, I don't that, know. That, that doesn't. I don't think so. And then, and then obviously, there's the L.A. perspective. I, I guarantee he likes that L.A. lifestyle. But they're not winning. Right. They're not winning. They don't have any money and money they, yeah. they are. I mean, you talk yeah. about a team that's got no cash. Right. That they don't have the money. I just think with his, like he's mentioned many a times on conference calls with us before the Cowboys played, whoever, the Browns, the Giants, whenever he's talked, it's always been about how 
big part of his family's from Dallas. There are a lot of Cowboys fans. And then when he, like I said, the interview, when he started talking about going someplace that he can get, you know, be home to him and, and, and could be there for two or three years, man, that, that knocked the Cowboys really high up on the list for me. And I, 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 probably rule out the Chiefs just on the strength that they traded for Kadarius Tony. Right. So they don't really have a need there. I mean, I'm sure they'd want to stack because Kansas City is a team that likes to stack a right. whole bunch of talent. Um, but they don't have like a dire need. So that means that they're probably not going to get into a bidding war yeah. any more than the Cowboys would get into a bidding war. So it might be a sleeper out there somewhere because if team if people are throwing Buffalo in the mix, right. then I wouldn't rule out a team like Miami who wants to go all in. And now you have Hill and Waddle. Yeah. And OBJ, and then from an OBJ perspective, okay, well, maybe he doesn't want to go to Buffalo for the same reason I don't believe he'd want to go to Green Bay. That knee and that cold, mm, think about it. But from yeah. LA to Miami, eh. Michael Parsons has joined Twitter to express his interest in Michael OBJ. The recruiter. As he tweeted, Man, OBJ, <laughs> talk to me. OBJ, let's do this ish. That's what he tweeted out. Mm-hmm. And then Odell Beckham Jr. responded, LOL. She, you tell me. You know all the fam on my daddy's side down there. I'm just trying to win wherever I go. That's what Odell Beckham Jr. sent back to Mike Parsons. We had this conversation on the players, and I would ask you, because Barry Church, former Cowboy Safety, said, I would have a problem if I were Noah Brown or another player in the receiver room that here's Micah Parsons out here openly trying to give my job away. John, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on uh, from me as a sports writer, or as me as if I was a player. Just your thoughts on it. Period. You, you, I'm not that worried about Noah Brown's feelings if I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. Wow. I'm. I mean, if we're talking about, I mean, me as a player, I might feel a little bit different, but I'm trying to get the best players out there, and uh, that's not to sit here and say that Noah Brown doesn't have a role. You just you go from being the number three guy to the number four guy. Um, and at the end of the day, this is a, a talent business. And if somebody's better than you and the, and your team has a chance to get that guy that they think is going to put you over the top, I mean, I don't know how you're in this business if you don't understand that. Like, that's just it's, – it's just part of the game, you know. It just It's always going to be like that. From a player perspective, a human perspective, if you're Noah Brown, I get it. Of course, you'd probably feel a way about it. But – I liken it to what's going on on the defensive side of the ball, right? Dan Quinn has that defense so freaking stacked that there are guys like, hey, Tristan Hill just got cut because they were so stacked, right? You, you got guys like Dante Fowler trying to crack the rotation at edge. Sam Williams trying to get more reps at edge. Look at the safety unit, how deep they are. The linebacker core, Jabril Cox, can't crack into that rotation, but Damone Clark just did to help with the run defense, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I say that to say from a coaching perspective – on the offensive side of the ball, you need to be able to do what Dan Quinn is doing on the defensive side of the ball and get everybody to buy in. It's a buy-in. It's, hey, I understand that these reps would normally go to you. You'll see a reduction in reps if we were to go to, go and get OBJ. But what's the greatest? What's the greater good here? We're trying to win a Super Bowl. So you're either completely bought into this or you're not. And if you're not, it's time to find out. Okay, right? Bobby? What's your favorite uh, Jerry Maguire quote, Nui? It's not show friends. It's show business. It's show business. See, I know. Are I know. you in or are you Exactly. Out? See, that's what it is. It's it's business. All right? And so I think that, you know, Noah Brown, yeah, it may bruise his ego a little bit, but Noah Brown's got to recognize he's Noah Brown and he's Odell Beckham. And Odell Beckham helps this football team a lot more at this point. Um, and 
look, they're, one thing that they, they desperately need, I think, on offense, not just the receiver room, but something more specific than that, they need, like, game-breaking, like, playmaker type of guys. And that's Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham is a genuine playmaker, mm. not like that they have on this offense right now. And so, to me, I think that they need to all have that realization and recognize this is what we need and this is what's best for the team. The disrespect so, to Gallup. Just stop so, it. So, here's my thing. I and need it, to see it since he's come back from the injury. Okay. haven't seen it yet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning what you said. Okay, you need to see it because Gallup's coming back from a knee injury. What's Odell Beckham Jr. coming back from? Bingo. Odell Beckham's shown so, us he can so, come back from a knee injury. Okay. Has he was, shown he can come back from two? Because this is his second. Right, Mike, so, I'm saying Gallup hasn't shown us he can come back from one. So so what I'm he hasn't? I'm Not looking yet. at two guys. What we what we say Gallup's at maybe seventy percent right now? No, healthy. Mentally, he's got to get over yeah, the hurdle. Health wise, he's 100%. Okay. And you, you've seen the flashes of it okay, thus so far. Just, so, but, but yeah. right, he's not where he was. He's still no, getting it, right? No. Fair. Okay, that's where I'm at. So I'm saying he's about 70% of Michael Gallup that I'm used to seeing. He, you know, he's getting there, but mm-hmm. he's not where. He's not where he left off. Need, of needs more game reps to get there. Right, right. Yeah, and so, I don't think he'd have any problem with this because he already got the bag, and oh, no, Andy's fine. putting right back in a situation where he was before, where it's, it was yeah. it was Amari CD and him, and then it would be Odell but, him. I mean, but here's where I'm going with this. So we got Michael Gallup, you know, right now, seventy percent getting. Trying to get to 100, he's going to be Odell Beckham Jr. He ain't going to come in 100. percent Nope. So you may have two guys that are running around maybe 70 percent of what we know they can be. So you take two I'll guys. Take 70% uh, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll take 70 percent Odell. I'll take I'll take 70 percent Odell Beckham over 70 percent Michael long. Gallup. And I again, I think kind of what to what John's talking about there. Michael Gallup's 100 percent healthy. The 70 percent that that remaining 30 percent, I think, in a lot of ways, is just in within the control of, of him adapting to coming back. Like, I mean, I think you're talking about just different approaches and different players. Like, we don't know that. Odell, maybe Odell Beckham comes back and he's further away from 70% of himself. But maybe he's further along. Because I think that's just a personal feel for the game returning. And so, to me, Odell Beckham's done it once. I think he can do it again. If he's 100% healthy, he's 100% healthy, and I'm not worried about it. I mean, there, there's certainly the aspect to it as, as far as experience goes, and it helps you hit the ground running a lot quicker. Uh, it's something that Jerry alluded to, and Jerry's not wrong in that, in saying, well, you know, when you talk about the kind of experience that Odell Beckham has, it kind of deletes the ambiguity when it comes to is he an immediate fit? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I agree with Jerry on that point. But to your point, Nui, and if we're talking about Michael Gallup, let's say Michael Gallup is 70, 75%. Now, one, he's 100% healthy, so let's state that again for the fans. Yep. But but overall, let's say he's 70, 75% in comparison to what Prime and Michael Gallup is, right? I would assume that Give him another couple weeks. Let's say by Minnesota, if not right after Minnesota, he's back to 100% Michael Gallup. So, you might not get 100% ODB, OBJ or close to it until late December. And I get that's the most important thing, thing. But you just the, temper your expectations is what I'm saying. What's that ramp? No, no training. I think anybody knows that, though. And that's what I'm saying. But, so, but you've got to take a little bit of a gamble here. Okay. And but I just think that that's a player that is it, worth gambling okay. on. Okay. So, so as we go around the room right now. <laughs> Everybody raise their hand and wants Odell Beckham Jr. right now. Raise your yeah. hand. Raise your right hand right if you want Odell. Yeah. I, I, I can rock you, with it. Yeah, absolutely. I can rock with it. We've been talking it. about this for weeks, Neil. You're the one that we're trying to convert. Listen, I can rock with it. But here, here's, and I will also say this, and I said this on Talking uh, Cowboys this morning. I, I would also need to ha- make sure, and I, I'm not going to be in on those talks, but if I'm the Cowboys front office, a conversation needs to be had to make sure that he has not necessarily the Jason Peters thought process, but at least in that same vein where it's like, look, CD is our one. Gallup is our two. We're going to award you three because you're OBJ, but no one's going to get reps at, you know, as well. So just understand that you're not coming into a situation like you were in, in New York or in Cleveland. And you're not going to be expected to be the guy, so you're not going to yeah. get the target.
targets that the guy would get. And if you don't, don't don't you start. I want you to be Von Miller. If if Odell Beckham comes to the Cowboys, I would like him to be Von Miller from the standpoint of Von Miller, who'd won a ring in Denver, went to Aaron Donald and said, you're too quiet. For a guy with your talent, you need to be more vocal. You Mm -hmm. need to lead this. We can only go where you take us to. Just unlock the thing and show them what he needed to do. Yeah, I don't see him having any... There, I don't see any problems with this receiving core with, with him jumping into that room. I just don't see that and, anybody and I, button heads with them. I, I think they, I think they could use the juice anyway. And, yeah, and to be honest with you, if anything, it, 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 so, they need more of that. I will, I will say that because they well, do miss the Dez aspect of the passion right. that's in the wide receiver. Right, yeah, they, I, the no, passion. No, no, no. Look, look. Yeah. Honestly, I think I think people in, inside the organization <laughs> will tell you they've missed that in this practice. Guy, they miss they've missed guy, that yeah. Monday through Saturday. Absolutely, they missed the they missed the edge. They missed the plus. Plus, I'm just one of these people that I've been saying all season long, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I just feel like for this team to win a Super Bowl, they're going to have to add a piece outside the building. Yep. I just don't think they will 100% draft the develop and win a Super Bowl. And I think that it's going to take a, player a piece. That does it. And I think that that's a, that is a that is one of those pieces. I know you were there uh, on a couch uh, with a member of the front office at Nobu, uh, and we were talking <laughs> about some people getting a guy might put you over the top. Remember you mentioned Von Miller. Uh, I think that this has the potential of being something like that. That's why that's why it's Maybe. more intriguing to me, especially with the trade deadline pass, your, your chances of adding somebody to this team to a league that's wide open. That this this is this is the best possibility I can see. Okay. You're Okay. Of course I don't know the the, the details on this, what the contract the, will be though, this but the beauty of this show. Outvoted. Outvoted. <laughs> that's fine. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. As long was, as he understands. When I worked in LA, I was outvoted went by, by Shaq and everybody else who wanted Dennis Rodman. I was against Dennis Rodman. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> Let's go take our first break. Here's John Michelle, Patrick Walker, Bobby Belt. I'm Newey Scruggs. Media Mass right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field. United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling. United Ag and Turf for winning. 
the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Media Mash on a Tuesday, joined by Bobby Belt, 105.3 The Fan. He helped interview Jerry Jones today for the Jerry Jones Show, which you can catch every Tuesday at 8.30 a.m. Then you got John Mishota of The Athletic. Nobody is writing and tweeting out everything that happens from that presser like my man John here. <laughs> He's I, on it. I ain't going to lie. I've been lazy the last couple weeks. I have, I've slept. Or I've been doing my schoolwork, and I just go check John's Twitter page for it. So. We all do. That's the dirty Thank secret you. of the media. We just check John's Twitter <laughs> for, you, John. for what he's uh, what he's put together. Appreciate it. And, and I also check <laughs> your tw- your Twitter page as well, Patrick Walker. That's Dallas a monster Cowboys. over there, com. though. <laughs> I check Ari Myron. That's Twitter. a monster. I learned also after press conferences not to talk to John because he's immediately <laughs> rolling. Mm-hmm. Then he gets in his own. So I'm like, okay, just let him let him do his thing. And then after he's finished, you know, posting some of that stuff, then go have that conversation with him. Now I'll just uh, go talk with Clarence afterward because Clarence is ready to you know he's not tweeting. Yeah, anything. John will cuss you out until you get out of his face. No, and, he won't. Yeah, no. that's cool, man. That's cool. He's getting that old the coach. Detroit that comes old out. Coach no, it does. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, so it's all good. So um, Mike McCarthy, Michael Gelkin broke him. He broke him on Monday. Got got him to tear up talking yeah. about going back to Green Bay, and. I thought he said something I found pretty interesting. I want to get everybody's thought on this, where he said, all right, I spent that year away in his barn in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. said, doesn't recommend anybody stay in the town, but you were let go. <laughs> <laughs> but he said he got a lot of advice, and he got a lot of advice that was bad that he should not have listened to. He would not go into detail about what he got that was bad. Let's speculate. I'll start. Oh, my gosh. Friend Mike Nolan calls and says, I can run your defense. I got this. You owe me. There it is. That was my first thought. Like, oh, so you and and we got Jim Tom Sula to come with us. Mm -hmm. That was my first thought. But anyway, that was just me. I did I did wonder because Jory Epstein followed up uh, with the question of, you know, can you tell us what 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 was wrong? So anyway, that was just my thought. I was curious about that. I'm right there with you. As soon as he said that, my my brain went right to Mike Nolan and Jim Tom Sula. And for me, it (laughs) that <laughs> it I don't I can't imagine that whatever advice he received in that year off could have been worse than being convinced to bring on Nolan and Thompsonla and credit to him because it only took a year for him to be like you know what you're out of here like big mistake he might have had some help from the Jones or something uh, might <laughs> he had, he had Jim Hazlitt as his defensive coordinator coach yeah. in the barn with him. So yeah. I, I thought Hazlitt was a lot going to did. be here in yeah. some form or fashion. But anyway, that was, that was just my thought. Did you did you even think about it? I mean, you were tweeting away. But did you, did you, <laughs> I think about it, but I don't think anything would be close to that. Okay. I mean, I, don't, I mean, he obviously said that, you know, the way everything ended in Green Bay left a dent, which I thought was interesting. Um, but the idea of him staying up there I think was probably – his biggest regret just because it's not like, like, let's say, you know, you get fired as the Dallas Cowboys head coach, but you still live in Dallas. Well, that's, or Plano or Frisco or Arlington or, or Fort Allen or something. Yeah. That's it's there's green Bay and Buffalo are just the two teams that you're just, you're right in it. You know, he, when I, I think he mentioned yesterday about when he was getting uh rehab for some type of injury. <laughs> he's had. Surgery, yeah. He's, he's like right sitting there right next to him because there's probably only so many places that you can get that done in green Bay. And so, uh, but in terms of coaching and w- between then and then taking the Cowboys job, I don't think there's anything that's as close to what you mentioned. 
brought it was funny uh Broadus and i were doing our podcast and he was telling the story about when he worked in green bay that he can still hear the snow plows at five in the morning that the maintenance guys for the team would put on their trucks and go by to everybody's house and shovel snow out of their driveway in order for them to get to work like that's the type of small community yeah. that they were in yeah. and so uh yeah I, I bet that's part of it i bet the whatever the bad advice he got was it's probably advice we it wasn't about a hire anything else i mean i'm sure mike nolan and jim tom Sula, he regrets that but I, I bet a lot of the advice was just ways he's operated in his first year back that he learned from when everything went really wrong. And he just went, oh, okay, I, this leadership style needs to be different, or maybe I need to approach this relationship different. It's stuff we probably wouldn't know about unless he told us. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that it's clear he probably – there were things that he changed up after his first year because – I think just the culture around here, regardless of the results, I think you can tell the culture's different. And obviously that was a COVID year where we weren't in the locker room, but you could see it wasn't healthy in 2020 in a lot of ways, I think. And so I think he learned from that because it's it's functioned a lot more different, I think, in these last two years. Also a lot of the free agents, particularly in defense, that he added that first year were a lot of swings and misses that typically the Cowboys haven't had, you know. There's oh, yeah, all of them. Don, Don Terry Poe's. And Gerald McCoy. Don yeah. Terry Poe, uh, Gerald McCoy, Alden Smith, Alden Smith Everson Griffin, Daryl Worley, go down the line. Yeah. It was everybody. Yeah. It, and then it's funny because they bounced back the next year in 2021 and they hit almost everybody. Yeah. One to one. Ah, uh, it's the Dan Quinn guy. <laughs> <laughs> the Dan Quinn guy might yeah, know what he's doing over there. That, coaches matter. They do. Co- coaching matters, but also just how about a guy who says, hey, let me see what Patrick Walker does well, and let's do that. How about because it? one of the things that frustrated me after listening to McCarthy the first year, and you guys remember the press conference, it's about players, not about scheme. That's what Mike kept preaching. Mike Nolan came in and here's my scheme. You guys fit it, and people were buying into this. I mean, you take Leighton Vanderesh, okay? Leighton Vanderesh makes the, makes the Pro Bowl as a weak side linebacker. We're gonna throw him in the middle. You Guy got neck issues. What are we doing? You ruin him, right? So, so for me, that was that. I was frustrated by watching Nolan do that, but also frustrated because Mike McCarthy. You said it's going to be the, the players over the scheme, and that was not de- defensively. Here comes Dan Quinn, and I was I was skeptical. It's like you know, look at what happened in Atlanta, and you know what. Yeah, and it was head coach though. And, and you know what though, but but he. Try to remember. Just, try, try. I've said this before. I gotta say it again. I'm sorry, but like being a, growing up as a Detroit Lions fan, like I, I get annoyed when people say, "Look what he did in Atlanta." He took him to the pinnacle. It's the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Like what he did for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> if, if you if I go to Detroit right now and go, "Hey, would you sign up for Dan Quinn doing what he did with the Falcons for the for the Lions for the next five years?" Everybody would get in line and say, "Yes, absolutely." Where do we sign up? Like it, like it, like like. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, like, he took him to the Super Bowl. People bring that up so much. He, no, took, he right. took the Atlanta right. Falcons to the you're Super right. Bowl. We grew, higher, we grew up with a higher standard. Okay, I'm sorry. Literally, sorry. he's a North Carolina guy. So. No, but no, he's my, dad, my dad was, my, actually, my, when I, my 1977, my dad was stationed in Fort Hood. That was when I first learned about professional football. Yeah. Good year. So, you, so you've got you've got high so North Carolina fan around the Cowboys around the Lakers. He's just, so, oh, so, oh, so, say, so say it. Drop, drop the F word. Drop it. So. Front runner. I knew he was going to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, hey, as a guy that likes Duke basketball and Florida State football, you need a little you need a little Matt Patricia and Matt Millen in your life to just straighten you out and know what rock bottom is. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you want from me. Well, look, I'm, I'm with John on it. I, I got keep... a Yankee fan. Uh, 
Oh yeah, I, look, look. I, th- I think, I think the, I think the, enough. not a Golden State Warriors. I think, Warriors I think the dinged yeah. reputation of Dan oh, Quinn was kind of outrageous. No. Like, like, I mean, because you saw what not only what he did, just his long history of just the way people talked about what he did at Florida and Seattle when he got to Atlanta. Like, I think it was just, you know, uh, it Brian, Brian, Brian brought us his quarter before Tom Dimitrov told him this, and he's talked about it on the air. Tom Dimitrov told him like we were a quarter away from all keeping our jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, like if we win that Super Bowl, we have you know. The credibility built up that things don't fall apart as quickly as it did. It just it didn't work out that way, and the Cowboys benefited from it. Look, look yeah. at the Rangers. But Josh Hamilton, he, he, he you know hit the two run homer. They, should have they, been an iconic home run. Yeah. Right, right. Thanks so a lot. Whole lot of he has a contract. He's never an angel. Watch. I mean, it's a whole lot of stuff. No, finish it off. Whole lot of stuff. No, please but, don't. No, finish but it off. Thing, you were gonna thanks a lot too. But my thing please was don't. just simply <laughs> say his name with Atlanta. It fell apart, and people were saying this defense isn't good anymore. I mean, the mojo had been lost, and then he, like, that's why McCarthy, they have mojo moments. We- <laughs> <laughs> They're you trying to get it back. He, he can't help himself. You know, I need you and Clarence. He can't help himself. I need you and Clarence to do a show together. He can't help himself. You Clarence. He can't help himself. But Dan Quinn went and did a deep dive on himself, and he came out a better head coach, mm-hmm. and. I think that's been, you know, what what's really we've seen from him. And I expect him to get a call from the Indianapolis Colts, by the way. Well, I, I just I, – and I'm right there with John. When it comes to assessing Dan Quinn, I said this when – because initially um, George Edwards was a front runner to be defensive coordinator here. And then the only thing I believe that really could have bumped George Edwards would have been an acquisition like Dan Quinn because that's a whale as a defensive coordinator. And then when that happened – a lot of people were like, they were pointing at Atlanta. Oh, well, look how poorly things went in Atlanta. And my question to those people have all, has always been, well, who was, play, who was calling the defensive plays and who was calling the offensive plays? Because for all this chagrin that gets thrown at, at Dan Quinn for the failure, the epic failure in the Super Bowl when they were only one quarter away, but everybody keeps praising the offensive co- the former offensive coordinator of the Falcons who was responsible for getting away from the run and suddenly want to become pass happy, well, et cetera, et cetera. I passed out blame to three so layers. That, no, that's what Dimitrov, I'm saying. Quinn, and, and Shanahan. But at the same time, when the winning was happening, he was getting praise for the defense. Oh, you know that's so, how it so, goes. So, so if you're getting the praise, you got to take the blame, that, too. That's fair. But, but, if, but the, whole pro, the whole program fell off, that's, which is not surprising. You lose in epic fashion like that, yeah. it's really hard to – you know, very few people can do a, pull a Don Shula and go from a 24-3 to loss and go, go undefeated the next year. Most folks go down and he did and his and things suffered and he in that process of having watched it all fall apart said let me go and figure out what do I need to do what yeah. do I, he talked to enough people and I give the guy a whole lot of credit yeah. which is why I think it was foolish for the Denver Broncos not to hire him last year here's a guy that clearly went in did the dive and just said I need to do this differently and he came out a monster and I think Somebody, if they don't hire this man next year, National Football League folks aren't trying to win. The coach is going to go hard. What if? What? I mean, he's said it, and I mean, I recognize, like you know, it could just be coach speak. But I mean, he said consistently for the last you know eighteen months, he's happy where his feet are planted, and and he's happy where he. I I just I wonder how much after. I I know, I know, but after the experience he had in Atlanta, I I just I wonder is he totally eager to just go jump back into that? No, no, for the right. I'm sure for the right job. I'm sure for the I'm sure for the right job. But who's to say? Like, if we look at the jobs that come open, is like, is he just dying to get to Indy? No. No, I, I don't think he's far enough removed from what happened they at, got that guy as head anyway, coach Jeff in Atlanta, Saturday. which is why it, it, 
I don't think he's far enough removed. I don't think he's far enough removed. And then there's this added aspect of of the talent that already exists. So I think what would also play a large part in that is number one, Micah Parsons. So obviously the Colts have Shaq Leonard, right? So, but as as elite as Shaq Leonard is, uh, Parsons is generational. Okay, and you have uh, Micah Parsons. If the Cowboys can retain a guy like Trevon Diggs, I mean, you this this personnel. Did it's not something that you want to walk away from if if you already have the blank check, as it appears that he might. So the only thing that could really woo him away is... The guy, let, the guy was going to Denver last year. The GM wanted movie. to hire him. Yeah, they pulled the role. They, they pulled the role. The guy was going to Denver. Denver pulled the role. And then that's you before got, they had Russell Wilson, too. You got, that's right. So if he, if, I'm just saying, if he, if he thinks <laughs> he can he fix actually, Russell Wilson he and he's been around Russ. him, he actually, that might even dr- want him to go there even more. He knows yeah. Russ, but... but John Elway and and I think it was Joe Ellis, but they pulled the rug. Yeah, from they pulled the rug. So so the man is gonna go. Yeah. I'm sorry. You 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 have a 28 to three lead and you lose that. You want redemption all day long. I'm reading Jimmy Johnson's book Swagger and he talks about that Fiesta Bowl loss to Penn State, how he was crying on the floor and he came back. He's like that made me a better coach. And if they, I, I'm sorry, I just think Dan, look at the you now. Why we gotta do that? I mean, you know. Listen, I'm not saying Dan will never be a head coach again, so don't take what I'm saying as that. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. My statement is simply I'm wondering if whatever might come available next season, and it might be Denver again because Hackett's got to get up out of there. Uh, Hackett's got to be gone. He's got to be gone. And obviously, he's going to be here next year, so. But you think the, if he's gone there, he ain't going to be like a special Sha- assistant where, or something on this staff? I promise you, you that happens. Where, where don't you, go? We you, well, you can only have one? John, don't you put that evil on me. I'm right? just Keep saying. No, no, I've already said that before, too, I mean, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, he's going to be here. He will be here. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I mean, unless, he, unless he has like another, uh, like an OC or quarterback yeah. job or something like another team. But he will he will be on some staff, and I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if he's like quality. He'll be on some staff. Yeah. Kellen Moore could I wouldn't be surprised if he's here. Kellen Moore could leave as a head coach. He wouldn't get that job, but. But I'm just saying. I remember, though, Denver's also. The organization, on the table. Yeah. Denver's the organization that didn't walk away from Vance Joseph either. Like we're one and done, and right. Elway refused. Yeah, I'm and talking so I'm about saying, like I'm that saying, Ben McAdoo role. I'm not talking about that consulting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. These new owners. I just, high, there, there's just no. I just, I'm saying this. I think it is for the right job he'd go. I just, I don't think there's any guarantee that the right job it will be one of these ones that comes over. There you go. Thank you. Fist bump. You're correct. But I'd also say this: if if there's ever a guy who can sell a job properly. And and could recommend other people to say I'm a pretty good guy to work for. It's Jim Irsay. Pick up the phone. You call Tony Dungy, the guy who just put Saturday. He, he's yeah. They got their coach. What are you hey, worried look, about? Look, look, look. No, I'm saying we're 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 applying a whole lot here. of credibility to and, and to I, Jim Irsay. <laughs> I don't know that yeah, I'm willing. I don't I don't know that necessarily. <laughs> yeah, I don't know this, that I'm willing. If this Jeff Saturday <laughs> thing doesn't work out, he might go for Jim Nance. Yeah, <laughs> right. seriously. If the Jeff Saturday yeah. thing don't work out, you know what he really are? Dan, what do you need? Yeah, Dan. How, what what kind of control? You but but this, there's also the aspect of there's the champagne guy. No. The coach might be willing because it obviously they're going to put in a call to Dan Quinn. I Sean think we Payne can all agree. Quarterback, from what I've been told. Well, if they tank, like it looks like they're going to, and that actually be it organic or otherwise. Sean will, Sean will get his Look, quarterback it's, it's, because it'll be a top pick in I, the draft. I, I I think there's a strong possibility that uh, that, that Mister Mister Quinn is Mister Unlimited. Coaching, 
That's what you can't help would be, would be crazy singing the world of hiring Denver, but I, I I do think he's he's gone. No, no, hey, no would Payton up there. I'm just saying. I, I just I don't do see why show. I don't. I'm not hearing Sean Payton connected to the coach, and I don't know why. This is this. I don't is, know why. This, is he under contract? Is, no, I, they they <laughs> the coach at this point. If things continue to de- be derailed as they look like they will be, mm-hmm. they'll be willing to to give compensation to New Orleans for sure. someone like Sean Payton. Sure. So that that's what I'm saying. Like that's of no consequence. I they'll agree. throw that. Gotta uh, get the man a quarterback. I'm telling you, it it might be yeah. not the only a one top pick is how uh, they go to get their quarterback. Because trying out all these veterans and trading for these veterans, obviously Ursa is learning. If he hasn't learned already, that's not the move. It's just not. What if this draft class doesn't have a quarterback? Ding, well, ding, ding, let's not act right. like everyone has Gotta get right. Gotta get right. You don't like Bryce? Break time. Break time. Meeting match right here on DallasCowboys.com. Was this? The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Little Sweets! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweets has head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. To Media Mash. Media Bash on a Tuesday as the Cowboys get ready to face the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Mike McCarthy makes his return trip to Green Bay since he was let go by the team. John Mishota, The Athletic. We got Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. We got Bobby Belt, 105.3 The Fan, held the uh, interview with Jerry Jones today. Nice job. I know exactly how that feels. (laughs) And um, I'm so glad I don't have to look at the fan text anymore. I I wasn't during the interview. Didn't bother during the interview. (laughs) It is a a no-win proposition trying to do that interview. Um, You didn't ask. Hold him accountable. Yeah, you saw him, man. Oh, he showed you. Let me tell you what I'd ask him. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that, for his autograph, that's you what finally ask. hold him accountable. <laughs> that's what they'd ask him for his autograph. Yeah, exactly. Hey, can we talk about Mike McCarthy real quick? Sure. Um, just because uh, he broke down yesterday, and we don't tend tend to see that side of him. Um, 
there is a pretty good article up mm. right now on The Athletic um, from our Packers writer, Matt Schneidman. Hashtag ad. Jeez. Yeah. He uh, he got a one-on-one this morning with uh, Aaron Rodgers just to ask him all yeah. stuff about Mike McCarthy, and it was really good. Um, the one quote that really stood out to me is he said that um, – oh, where was it? He said – He's an extremely big-hearted person. He has a tremendous heart for people, and really, and he really cares. And underneath that Pittsburgh toughness, grit, is a big softy, a guy who really has a big heart and cares about his people. Uh, that's how I describe him. But the other thing that I really thought was interesting, too, is, and, and Mike kind of mentioned this yesterday, but he didn't really get into it, is that Aaron said that him and Mike, there'd be times where they would always come to each other and say, hey, you know, we need to talk, whether it's, you know, you come up to my office, we'll talk after practice, whatever, like that. And they would always kind of have a back and forth. And he said, sometimes it'd be calm, sometimes it would get heated. But always at the end, it would end every single time with a hug and him saying, I love you, I appreciate you, and thanks for this conversation. And, um, man, I, I hate that I bring this up because it makes me forget about this. He has a sign in his in his office that he had back in the barn, too. And I can't remember exactly how it's worded, but it's basically how he embraces the confrontation. He wants you to... Uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be all perfect and, and, and you know, uh, everything going smoothly. Like he likes that, you know, guys will go back and forth and he wants to have those arguments and things like that. Cause I bring it up cause I don't think we really see that side of Mike McCarthy. You know, we see a guy that he jokes around a lot in the media. I mean, even more so over the last couple of years, especially when he's doing press conferences and stuff like that. And you really don't see him on the sidelines. How many times have you really seen him other than maybe like screaming at a ref? Like you never see him do that with like a player and, and you can tell that just part of his persona that he's not going to do that in front of the cameras. That, but he does have those moments, you know, kind of behind the behind the scenes. And, I, and it bugs me now. I can't remember what that what the exact saying is. But we had a coach here once who really enjoyed confrontation, and he would talk openly in the press conference about, "Hey guys, hey fellas, a little confrontation is good." And that was Bill Parcells. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you have to have that as a leader. Um, was, was listening to a, a gentleman. It doesn't named, always have to be in, the, in front of the camera, though. I this think is true. This point. is true. Yeah. Um, gentleman named Ken Boyer, he, he gave a great talk over at, um, at TCU, and he said, leadership is a contact sport. And, and that's what makes me think of what you said about Aaron Rodgers and, and with Mike McCarthy. I'm sorry. If you're coaching a football team and you're coaching a high-level quarterback, you're going to have some times you got to get into it. I, mean, I think about the times when Phil Sims is sitting there yelling at, at Bill Parcells um, or when, when Bill would get frustrated with Drew Bledsoe. This happens. Troy and, and Jimmy had their moments too. Yes, and th- this happens. And, and, you know, Lord knows you talk about some swagger. Jimmy Johnson had it. So I, I do think that that's what you have to do. You can't be afraid to go do it. And if you're not the kind of person who doesn't want to do it, you need to have someone else who got, who goes and does. Um, conflict is good. That's the sign. I'm sorry, I just conflict it up. is good. You're, it was, it was driving them crazy. It was great, great payoff. It was driving them crazy. Well, I just would felt you like text I had to. I just had to tell him what the sign. I'm just trolling. I'm just trolling. It's all right. Would you text McCarthy and say, "Hey, what's the sign in your office say?" No, I just there was a couple different videos that he or a couple different interviews he did with Peter King and Tom Pelissaro after in Green Bay in the barn, and so I knew that there were some pictures of the barn online somewhere. So John would have been a good PI. Just digging, digging, digging. First forty-eight, dog with a bone, dog with a bone. You get that first. John could have been good in the wire. Working with Bunk. Yeah. 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 John and Bunk working together. What happened? Because good stuff. He could have worked for String, too. John's probably from Cranbrook. (laughs) And Snoop walking, rolling around with Snoop. (laughs) Hey, we'll add John right here, man. What they going to do over there, John? So who's Marlowe in that equation? Uh, That's a good question. 
Hang out, we bay. <laughs> you want things to be one way, but they're the other way. <laughs> uh, your uh, thought level about this Green Bay game? Um, I, I I I hate to to be this way because I'm usually not, but really not worried about this game from the standpoint if the Cowboys just go out and play their game, they should win this football game. Green Bay's got a lot of issues right now that that I just don't see being fixed before the season. I picked Green Bay to miss the playoffs, and I had Minnesota win the division. Ooh. Dallas's best game beats Green Bay's best game, and there's a much better chance Dallas plays their best game, I think, than Green Bay does, just from what we've seen from the Packers lately. And Off so, to me, I, to me, I just say I, I don't see. I think you're right. I don't have the normal concern I would have about this, and maybe that's lulled into a confidence that ultimately we're going to be going. Well, how did this one <laughs> fall apart in that uh, Lambo? Aaron Rodgers, you know, you just you, you doubted him too much. But to me, it's like I've been waiting for the Packers to wake up for three weeks, and and every time it's like, okay, this is the one. Nope. Okay, is this the one? No. And so it's like, yeah, man, I don't know. You're, you've got Aaron Rodgers throwing two picks in the red zone and just not, you, you know, making I think just three in the red zone too within like the two yard line. I think he had three red zone picks. Uh, through the air in the red zone, but that yeah. first toss was outside the twenty. But either way, like you're talking about like passes that were intercepted when the ball was caught, it's inside the five yard line, gotcha. and, and that's a totally unlike him. And so I just I'm not worried about this one really. Uh, the only concern I have is because Aaron Rodgers is on the field. That's the only concern I have, and I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to make a couple plays. And, and to Bobby's point, you know, just the NFL as a whole, we know too much of Aaron Rodgers to to not believe that sooner or later he's going to have the game. The only question for the Green Bay Packers is: Is it going to be too late in the season for it to even matter? And for the Cowboys, you're just hoping that you're not the team on the opposite side of when it happens. Um, I don't I don't know that that happens. This Sunday in Green Bay, um, this defense is just it's maniacal. Uh, the only thing that they really need to improve upon is the the run defense, which is why they brought in Jonathan Hankins. I think Jonathan Hankins is going to improve that that interior run defense, but that's not where they're really getting beat at anyway. As far as the rushing attack of the opponent goes, it's on the edges, edges which goes to the linebacker core. Um, but you know, Aaron Jones is banged up, got banged up on Sunday. You're talking about uh, left tackle David Bakhtiari. He's still battling knee injury, uh, knee issues. He might miss some snaps in game, might not miss some snaps. Even if he doesn't miss snaps and plays 100%, he's not healthy. And he's going against the best pass rush in the NFL. The secondary is one of the best secondaries in the NFL, Trayvon Diggs. And you look at that safety unit, Donovan Wilson being able to drop down and help. Uh, Malik Hooker is coming back. Uh, for me, Aaron Rodgers is going to get a couple big plays. I don't think that's going to be enough. I think the Cowboys win this game, not necessarily off the strength of they're going to beat the you know the bricks off of Aaron Rodgers, which is possible with this defense. But for me, it's because I, I think Dak Prescott, with the return of Ezekiel Elliott in that tandem with Tony Pollard, and more chemistry, we've seen it start the ramp up between Lamb and Gallup. This is a, a Packers defense that can be had. It can be had on the ground. It can be had in the air. They lost Eric Stokes. For several weeks, uh, last I checked, they most certainly lost Rashawn Gary to a torn ACL. He was leading the team in sacks. At six sacks, he was third in the NFL in pressures. So this that, that's where the Cowboys are going to dominate, I believe. And then from there, the defense can just you know pick the meat off the bone. Yeah, it's time. just an Aaron Rodgers thing for me. If he, if he had his best game of the season, they can beat the Cowboys. But that Aaron Rodgers that I saw last week, I mean, the Lions are a team going into that game. When he started and finished games, he was 18-3 and three against the Lions. He's absolutely owned them. And it wasn't just the interceptions. It was how he threw the interceptions. It was the, the missed wide-open receivers. That looked nothing like the Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers that I've seen for the last 15-plus years. Uh, one matchup that I do think will be interesting is that Anthony Barr is supposed to be back for this game. Mm-hmm. Let's remember, Anthony Barr's sack, 
on Aaron Rodgers is the reason why that they have the rule of why you can't land on top of a player. I don't know if you guys remember that. That was when he yeah. broke his collarbone and uh, exchanged some words with Anthony Barr after that particular play. So that'll be one to keep an eye on. But certainly, I don't know how they will keep this pass rush off Aaron Rodgers. But if he plays anything like he he did on Sunday, the Cowboys will blow them out. Yeah. All right. John Machado, Patrick Walker, Bobby Belt, the media match for Tuesday. I'm New East Scrubs. We'll do it again tomorrow right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!